Hallelujah. I love that song. I don't know how many of you really love it today. I love that song. But I love it with my whole Hallelujah. Life, my mind and my soul, everything that is within Anybody me. love Jesus? I just love to love him. I love to let him know I love him. I love you, Jesus. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Woo! I love him more than anything. Jesus, I love you more than anything. Jesus, I love you more than anything. Can anybody tell him that tonight, that you love him more than anything? Amen. That's the kind of salvation that's going to help you when you know you love God more than anything. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. It's good to be with you. Amen. I'm just privileged to stand before you once more to share the word of God that I hope will be a blessing to you tonight and will help you to continue to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for your life. God's got a purpose for your life. Amen. Our lesson tonight, you hear me talk a lot about understanding or knowing the ways of God. And tonight our lesson will help you a little more to understand and learn You know, I thought a little bit about just, I always think about my walk in Christ and where I've been, what I've done, what I could have done, I didn't do, and the things that I did that I'm glad that I do. And I was just thinking just this evening, all of the little things that I did over the years and never thought much of it, just knew it was right, just do it. And all of it added to where God was taking you. And if you will just uh, embrace all of the things that God will bring into your life, just embrace it. You don't always have to understand it. Just go with it. And God will bring you to a place where you will even say to yourself, how did I get here? And you got there because you allowed everything that God gave you or what God was doing, you received it and you just went with it. And that's how you're going to be where you need to be. Be where God wants you to be. And so don't look at anything as just no big deal or insignificant in the kingdom of God. When you set your mind to live for Jesus and you set your mind to say heaven will be my home, nothing is too small, nothing is insignificant. Everything that God brings into your life Understand because you're living for God, if he allow it to come your way, he is behind it. And you just embrace it and let it do what it's supposed to do in your life and not neglect, resent, or reject it. Amen. We had a great time at the funeral today. I don't know if you can say that um, about a funeral, but what I call a great time is when I get a chance to preach the word of God and somebody hear the word of God. And so I preached the word of God like my hair was on fire. 
I know I don't have no hair. Well, like my scalp was on fire, whatever it was. But man, oh man, the Holy Ghost grabbed a hold of me today. I don't know what happened to me. Holy Ghost just just took me in a place where he wanted me to be, and I just let him have his way. And so my objective was that they heard truth. In the church, I can't tell you enough. Please don't take what you're hearing for granted in this church. Because I told the people today, I said, you hear a lot of preaching that make you feel good and make you think you're saved when you're not saved. I told them that. Couldn't hold back. I said, you're hearing too many things that make you stay where you are and think you're okay. And I don't want the day to come where you think you're ready to go to be with Jesus and you're not ready. I don't want that day to happen to anybody. So I, I got to just obey God and do what God want me to do by telling you the truth. Now, you do whatever you want to do with it. I'm not going to manipulate you. I'm not, I can't force you. I am just going to tell it to you with passion and with love. But it's going to be up to you what you do with it. And until you do something with it, it's meaningless. I can preach with my hair on fire or preach with all the passion and love and all the fervency and everything that I preach with. If you don't do something with what you hear, then it's for naught. And the way you do it is by letting your life begin to apply. So you start living your life a certain way. Amen. I told him today, I said about the only thing, one of the few, some of the few things that God didn't take from me. When I got to the cemetery, guy looked down at my feet and said, Pastor, you got some nice shoes on. I said, I said, the Lord took a lot of things away from me when I gave my life to him, but he allowed me to dress the way I used to dress before. So I thank God for that. He laughed because I told him that if you really follow Jesus, the life that you know now, you won't know it no more because I don't know that life I used to live. I said, I'm a different person. The life that I'm living now is a brand new life. And that old life, I don't recognize that anymore. Man, oh man, help us, Lord. Can't help it. Can't help it. I just feel urgency, urgency, urgency. I, I listened to a preacher last night as I, I was telling our leaders today. I listened to a preacher last night. He had a vision from God and God told him I'm coming soon. But but that wasn't nothing big to me. To me, that's been clear. And Corona to me, to me, it doesn't have to mean anything to you. I've been saying it. But, I, you know, when you learn the ways of God, you will pick up on things about God. And what I've been saying is Corona is a is is a hint. It's a hint that he's on his way back. Why are you saying it's a hint, preacher? Because I believe more than anything we've experienced, Corona has placed us in a position to just surrender and submit to Christ and block out the noise. Whatever noise that come in our life now while Corona is going on, we went above and beyond to bring it in. Whatever mess that you got going on, you went above and beyond to bring it in because Corona has kind of put us in a place to focus on Jesus and to live holy and to live righteous and to not get caught up in the ways of the world. So we get caught up in that now. It's because we really just stepped over and just went above and beyond, went beyond what God is trying to do. Corona, the Lord allowing Corona to come into this world is a sign of his return and not so much just what was prophesied because I don't think this was prophesying anything like that. I just mean this was a this was an opportunity 
for us to get our life right. That's how I looked at Corona, an opportunity for one. We're seeing so many deaths that we're going to say to ourselves, it could be me. I need to get my life right. I don't know if you're thinking like that, but I'm just saying. So even if you haven't had Corona, even if you had it and you got over it because it was no big deal, you're supposed to look and say, my God, at any time, any one of us can go. And when you think like that, you say to yourself, you should anyway, let me align myself up with Jesus and get my life right. So to me, a hint, get it together. So I don't need somebody to tell me about prophecy said that Jesus is coming soon. I know he is. I know he is. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for all that he's doing. And I appreciate all of you being here tonight. Amen. Every time you hear from me these days, you're going to be hearing from me, me telling you, do everything you can to get in alignment with God, to get your life in alignment with God, live right, do right, be holy, be righteous. If God says he will fill you with his spirit, you're not yet filled with his spirit. Seek him to fill you with his spirit, but do everything that you can. If you're not born again, get born again. Do everything you can to make sure you're in the right place, in the right position with Christ. We don't have any more wiggle room. This, our grace is running out. Our grace is running out. And so we need to take full advantage of the grace God has given us and get our life right with God. All right, let me move on. I just can't help. Those are the things that are just coming out of my heart these days to help you to focus on Jesus, that you get it right before it's too late. Amen. We're going to continue our lesson. But before I go there, let me mention this real quick. Yes, we see a great spike in uh, Corona um, all over. And so we need to make sure we're extra tight in how we operate in-person service. So the first thing I said was the children have to stay together, stay with their family. They can't walk around and touch each other because if, if, if one of them get it, if one of them is, is, is compromised, they give it to each other. That can be another way of it spreading. So children, stay with your family. If you talk to one another, stay a six feet distance. Do your best to stay safe. Keep your mask up at all times. This is for everybody. But I just made mention to the children because they just can't help themselves. They get together. They touch each other. They're in each other's face. But children, you can't do that because you too can have corona and you too can pass it on. When we go to the bathrooms, just try to make sure two at a time, no more than that. So, you know, if you got to go observe who's there and make sure we don't overcrowd the bathrooms, we'll continue to do what we're doing by the nurses. But let's do everything I mentioned to the ushers last night. Let's try to keep families as tightly, you know, close together and everyone else six feet apart as best as we can. But let's do everything to stay safe. I want to meet in person. I don't want to meet just by virtual way of meeting. I want to meet in person. I want to see you. I want us to get together, and I don't want that to be compromised. So let's do everything that we can to make sure we can meet together as well as virtual. I just like to be in person, and, and I look forward to that. Amen.
All right, let's pray. You don't have to stand. Lord, we thank you tonight for your word. We thank you tonight, Lord God, for your goodness and mercy, your kindness and your love. Father, there is something that you're doing in the spirit realm. I can tell it. I feel it. I sense it, Lord. And God, you know what you're doing. I pray that you will just speak into my mind, into my heart, the words you want me to communicate tonight to myself and to the body of believers that will hear what the Spirit is saying tonight, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you anoint me and that, Lord God, you allow me to speak your truth with clarity. Allow me to be guided by your Spirit. Allow me to be in the flow of the Spirit. I pray that you'll touch the ears of every hearer, that they will hear what the Spirit is saying unto them. And Lord, I pray that you will help every one of us, Lord God, to not just be hearers only, Lord. We're filled with information and knowledge, Lord, but we're not doing what we need to do with it, Lord. And so I'm asking you tonight, Lord, to help us, to nudge us, to encourage us in whatever way you can, Lord, that we will not just hear the word and fill our mind with the knowledge and have intellect of the word, but God, that we will do what thus saith the word of God. I pray tonight that you have your way in this house and for our congregation that have tuned in virtually, Lord God. I pray that you'll move upon them where they are in their home. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. We started our series talking about the cycle from death to life to maturity. And so we talked about a lot of things um, last week that I want to refresh uh, here tonight. And so uh, one of the things I told you about was that that God always revealed to us, uh, allow us to understand the natural first. The natural things come first and then the spiritual. And so in order sometimes to understand the ways of God, you want to understand uh, our natural realities. God used parables to teach his word so we will have understanding. And so it is God's desire and God's will that we come to to understand his ways and to know him. And and so the things that God is, is trying to get us to understand, they've already been established in heaven. And so we here on earth are trying to grasp the things of God, but we can't really grasp them in 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 the uh, in the in the way that we're living because uh, sin has contaminated our life, and we can't see clearly because we walk in this flesh, and and there's so much that that hinders us from being able to ever see this whole picture spiritually. And so God is trying to help us. And, and we talked about the scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 13, ch chapter 1, verse, uh, ch I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12. You don't have to go there. It's just what we talked about last week when we say, for now we see through a glass darkly. And so I wanted to recall that from last week because I want you to understand Spiritual things we don't see very clearly. Spiritual things, whatever we come to understand spiritually, we don't have the full understanding right now. 
we're limited in how we understand spiritual things. There will be a time if we live right, if we if we if we're holy and righteous, if we're born again of the water and of the spirit and we obey God and stay the course, then the day when we finally meet Jesus face to face, we will know things in completeness and no longer through a glass darkly where we can't really understand. And so it is it is very important that we learn the ways of God and that we walk by faith and not by sight because since we can't see spiritual things real clear, we're going to have to know the ways of God and we're going to have to walk by faith and not. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about that last week. And so last week we we talked about uh, the, 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 the earthly, the natural comes first in our understanding and then comes the physical so then come the spiritual there should be and and we talk about there should always be a natural physical illustration of a spiritual truth there should always be a natural physical illustration of a spiritual truth and then we went on to now talk about what kind of you know, expanding on that thought about a natural, physical uh, illustration of a spiritual truth. And what we use as the natural, physical illustration was the birth of a natural baby, the, the birth of a, of, a, of, of a human being. And so we went through that whole cycle last week. And in case you forgot, the cycle that we went through was the very first thing that you needed to, uh, that needs to occur for any married couple to uh, have conception and have a baby. The very first thing is fertility. We said if there's no fertility, there will be no conception. So that's important. That's, but that's a natural occurrence. That's a physical occurrence. Then we said the second thing was planting the seed. Okay, and so the third thing was conception. The fourth thing was gestation. The fifth thing was breaking through the barriers of separation. The sixth thing was the breath of life. The seventh thing was, was, oh, what is it? Proper growth and training. Oh, you're listening. And, and the eighth thing was what reproduction reproduction that's the cycle of a human life natural physical cycle of a human life all human born is this is their cycle so this is our natural reality that we've experienced since Adam and Eve started having children. This is the cycle of life that we've been experiencing. And so now, tonight, we're going to get into the cycle of a spiritual life. The cycle of a spiritual life. So just like it was in the natural where there are certain things that must occur for there to be a natural birth. 
There are certain things that must occur for there to be a spiritual birth. So in the book of Acts chapter 2, verse 36, we're going to read 36 through 47. The word of God says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. When you see that word Lord and Christ, it means God and man. Because Christ is the Messiah, the anointed one. Lord is referring here to God, ruler. Verse 37. Now when they heard this, they heard that Jesus, whom they have crucified, was both God and man. When they heard that, they were pricked in their heart. I wonder how many of us, when we hear that we have done wrong, get pricked in our heart to say, I need to do right. Or we just chalk it up to say, well, that wasn't that bad because others do worse things than me. These people did not say that. When, when Peter brought to their mind, to their understanding, when he spoke the word of God to them and says, you know what, folks? This crucifixion that has just taken place, this man Christ Jesus that was crucified by all of you who instigated this, guess what? He is God Almighty and man, the Messiah who came to save you. Do you understand the wrong that you've just done? Their response was, oh no. And what did they say to Peter? And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, I'm sorry, and they, and they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? There is some simple phrase that you will read in scripture that is not big, uh, bodacious uh, statements. And they're just simple, simple statements that if we can grab onto them, they will change our life. And this statement here, what shall we do? Remember the Apostle Paul on the road uh, 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 to Damascus that, that when he met Jesus and Jesus met him on the road, he says, what shall I do? And I wish we as a people that are seeking to live right and please God, that every time we stumble into a scripture or we just didn't stumble, we just came onto a scripture, we hear the preaching of the gospel, the word of God saying, calling us out because guess what? I don't always know what you're doing. Uh, the person sitting next to you don't always know what you're doing. Uh, people in your lives don't always know what you're doing. People around you don't always know what you're doing. But will you allow, when, the, when you hear the word of God, whether you're reading it or it's being preached to you, will you allow it to prick your heart so hard that you turn yourself to the corner or to the wall or get down on your knees or on your face and says, God, what must I do? Because that word just pricked my heart. That word just told me I'm doing wrong. God, what must I do? That's a good thing to practice. Gabby, it's a good thing to practice. Remember what I said last week. 
or maybe it was Sunday when I was preaching. It's a whole lot of work and stupidity to be a hypocrite as opposed to just being real with God. God wants you to be real with him because that's the only way he can save you. But if you pretend like you're okay, and he knows you're not okay, and you probably know you're not okay, it's wasting time. It's hurting you, not God. And so every time the word of God convicts you, every time the word of God pricks you, as soon as you can, take the moment to go in your private time, whether it's in your closet in your car, in the bathroom, in your bedroom, in your kitchen, wherever you are, take that moment and says, man, God, that word really messed me up. Uh, I, I, I did wrong. I'm so sorry. What will you have me to do, Lord? What will you have me to do? Let him tell you and you wait and you don't have to pray anything else and you don't have to read anything else and you don't have to do anything else. You wait till he tell you what you need to do. And he might not tell you at that time. He might wait till you go to church again to tell you what you need to do through the preaching. Then Peter said unto them, repent. They asked. Now Peter's telling them. Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Only you and God can get you saved. You got to do some work to get yourself saved. I said that to the people today. I said, how, why we keep on going around telling people they just got to confess and believe? They don't have to do nothing? Oh, man, I don't know what happened to me today. Mm-mm-mm. I said, they don't have to do nothing. Just confess and believe, huh? I said, you show me that in the Bible. But anyway, I'm not talking to them. I'm talking to you all right now. <laughs> Verse 41. Then they gladly, somebody say gladly. That's what I'm talking about. Because, you know, when God tell you what to do, when you messed up and God tell you what to do to correct your mess, man, that's news you want to receive gladly. You know, you turn aside and say, God, your word just convicted me. Tell me what I need to do to get it right. And then he tells you, you better receive that gladly. Then they gladly receive his word, were baptized. And the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So guess what, Joyce? You got baptized Sunday, and guess what? You, just like them and so many others, the Bible says you are added to the church. So when you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you're added to the church. Not say me, but say God. Not say me, but say God. He is the one that adds to his church, not the preacher. The preacher is just the servant helping him. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. 
and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And they sold and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Food tastes better when you know you're right with God. I'm telling you, food tastes better when you're right with God. Think about the meal that you eat when you leave church. <laughs> that meal is usually pretty good. Because you know I was in the presence of the Lord. Well, that's if you do all that. And you, you know you worship God today. You prayed. The word of God came into your mind, your heart, and now you're living it out. Man, food tastes better when you're right with God. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord, here we go again, added to the church daily as such as should be saved. God adds to the church. So when you respond that you want to be saved, God instructs you how to be saved. And when he instructs you how to be saved, if you will do what you're being instructed to do, then you will be saved. Mm -hmm. So people think that they can just say stuff and get saved. No, God, God says, if you listen to this, there's a scripture that says, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So people think it means like this. Oh, Lord, I believe that you're God. Oh, Lord, I believe you died and rose on the third day. Oh, Lord, I believe I'm saved. They think that's what it means. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you call upon the name of the Lord, God will send his servant to you to instruct you how to be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. It didn't say is saved. The shall changes everything. Because when you call upon the name of the Lord, then the Lord says, okay, you're ready. Getting ready to get so this is good. Then the Lord said, You're ready, and he sends his servant to you or send you to his servant, and then the instructions come. And that 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 show you how ready you are. You know how sometimes I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. And then when the instructions come and tell you, well, that's what I gotta do. In Ephesians chapter two, verse number one. Hold that scripture there. Let me say this to you before we get there. The ways of God are specific principles by which God works. Let me say that again. The ways of God are specific principles by which God works. The acts of God are the various works he does. The plan of salvation is the method God has provided for us to obey his principles so he will perform his work in us. And so Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 1 will explain what I just said probably more eloquently. And you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. So the scripture is clear that while we are 
in our sins and our trespasses, God can quicken us. Where in time past, listen to this, ye walked according to the course of this world. Listen, it's so clear sometimes I wonder what we're playing around with or struggling with. It says, wherein in times, in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world. Is, that, is there something wrong with that, God? Let's ask him that. Is there something wrong with living according to this world? According to the prince of the power of the air. He put the two together. So what he's telling you, in case you missed it, when you live according to this world, he says the prince of the power of the air is the one that's influencing and controlling the ways of this world. So if you walk according to the course of this world, you're walking according to Satan's instructions and his, his, his influence in this world. That's how you're living. So you're not asking for that, I'm sure, when you are trying to make your way in this life. But I'm telling you what God has said, that if you live your life according to the course of this world, you're living under the, 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 the system that Satan is manipulating in the background. Again, get back on my soapbox. This is why I cannot allow politics to get me off the beaten path because I don't care. I told you all, unless it's Jeremiah running for office, unless it's the Apostle Paul running for office, unless it's a man of God that I know is full of the Holy Ghost and will not compromise, I don't have nothing to say about this because they're all sinners that need to be saved. So I'm not working, get myself worked up for people that are not living for God. Man, I don't know why we just... They are being manipulated by Beelzebub. They're walking according to the course of this world. All we can do is pray and say, God, I know they're being controlled by Satan, but your people are still here. Will you do something, Lord, that we people will still be taken care of in the midst of this chaos? That's what we need to pray. Because they don't have the answer. They're being influenced by Satan. And Satan, has, they, they cannot outwit Satan. Satan's been here long before them. But um, let me get off the soapbox and go back to this. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Who are the children disobeying to be called the children of disobedience? Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, somebody say, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ by grace. And had raised us up together and made us sit 
together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's how powerful Joyce, your born again experience is, is that just by what you did, by repenting of your sins, acknowledging who Jesus Christ is, that he's God almighty in the flesh. And, 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 and surrendering your life to God and being baptized in his name. Your sins were washed away and now God is bestowing his favor upon you and you are going to see your life being transformed like you couldn't. And guess what? It's not something that any of us deserve, but God does it for us whenever we surrender our life to him. And so as we get into our... Uh, spiritual cycle of life let's take a close look the first requirement for successful growth or for you to have a true spiritual life in Christ the first thing that is required or required is revelation. I am so, so, so uh, staunch on making sure people, this is why you hear me tell you all the time that Jesus is God. Because that's where revelation come from. When you get to understand who God really is, that's revelation. For a person to be born Spiritually, you need revelation of who God is. And there are people that kind of quote unquote obeyed the formula but never knew who Jesus really was. You need revelation to understand because I will not stop saying this. If you stop and think about if God Almighty who was invisible, the Bible says no man had seen God at any time. If God Almighty, who was invisible, where you couldn't see him and couldn't perceive him, how did he make himself become man by going through the virgin birth and all this, the, 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 the natural cycle of life and in, in, in being born into this world? How did he pull that off? If we don't stay right there, if we don't keep asking ourselves, how did he pull that off? We will never really live for him the way you stay right there and says, my God, how did you do that? How did you became a man and come into this world and still was God? How did you do that? And my answer to you is once you ask that question, that should now prompt you to say, OK, this dude is real. I got to surrender my life to him because if he can pull that off, you name me somebody else that can pull that off. As a matter of fact, no one can pull it off. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's the most. How should I say this? It is probably the single most important thing that you need to know about God. As a Christian. That God became man. Really, preacher? Really. You know why in the Muslim religion 
They have Allah as God and Muhammad as his prophet. <laughs> to mimic God Almighty and Jesus Christ. And you can try all the religions and you'll see they have it set up just that way. They claim that they have a deity and then they're going to have a servant of that deity, a prophet of that deity. And even in the end time, the antichrist and the false prophet, they're all trying to mimic that one God. And unfortunately, fortunately for us, they all cannot do it. And that's why it's the single most important thing in a Christian's life to understand almighty God became man and he's one because it cannot be duplicated. It can't be duplicated. So all the other religions are trying to pose and trying to trying to mimic that in their religion, and they can't do it because it's going to take two to try to do what one does. Don't you go around talking about Jesus. There's a God. And when the one God says there is not one person that is that is capable, that is sinless, that could die for the sins of this world. When he said that, he says, then guess what? I have to become that sinless individual to die for them. So almighty God became a man. Single most important thing as a Christian, and we don't even realize it. We keep thinking, well, he ain't always say that. Why does he always tell us that Jesus is God? Well, maybe I'm walking in the spirit these days, so maybe that's why you got to get it tonight and really realize that, okay, that's why I keep saying that. Because all the false religions are trying to mimic that, and they can't. They can't. They want to, but they can't. And in the end time when Satan is trying to do his thing here in the earth, hopefully the church will be gone, he's going to do the same thing again. There's going to be an antichrist and a false prophet. They, they can't duplicate one God having all power, being sovereign, being all present, all no. They can't duplicate it. Spiritual cycle, revelation. When you get that, it means now, and I'm getting ready to read to you all the the, 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 the reasoning behind and the meaning for all these words. When you receive revelation, you know what it means? What's the first thing in the natural cycle? We'll make y'all be students. What's the, the first thing that needs to happen in the natural cycle? Revelation. Revelation is fertility. Because when you know that Jesus Christ is God, all things are possible. <laughs> Lord, help me, Holy Ghost. When you know who he is, all things are possible. So when you're fertile, then you are able to receive or have conception. Possible to now have a baby when you're fertile. Same thing with revelation. When you come to know who God is, all things are possible. 
Revelation, the way of God. The first principle of the ways of God is that God intends to reveal himself to you as the one responsible for all creation. The act of God. God reveals himself to you as the Lord Jesus Christ, giving you personal knowledge, understanding, and belief that Jesus Christ is the one and only Lord God Almighty and that he became flesh to become our Savior. That's, that's revelation. That's fertility. Mm-hmm. Accept and confess the truth that Jesus Christ is the one and only Lord God Almighty and that he became flesh to be your Savior. He is both deity and humanity or human. That's the first thing that's required for you to receive or to obtain or to have a spiritual life, the natural, the spiritual cycle of life. Revelation is the first thing that's needed. So before somebody gets baptized, before they do all that other stuff, they know who Jesus is, brother dear. So we need to be able to explain who Jesus is to people. And when they start saying, so where did he come from? Nowhere. I'm talking about God now. God has no beginning, no ending. And so they start asking you questions about, and, and, and when people ask you questions about, that's a good thing. Because they will never be able to fully understand who he is. And that should prompt them to realize He's a real deal. I need to surrender my life to him because he's got this thing all under control. So revelation is the first thing that's required for the spiritual cycle of life. Second thing is recognition. Recognition. Let me tell you, man, God is something else. What was the second thing required in the natural cycle? There you go. You're a nurse. How planting of the seed and, cons- and fertility work? It's recognition. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. So it's very important that after you get re- revelation, you need to recognize. So what? here is how it go. I teach it to you, and you say, wow, that's heavy. But you might not get it right away. I remember when I did that with Danielle. We were working together, and God gave me the revelation that he's one. And man, she was right. And I called her over to my dad. I said, come here, let me show you something. And I showed her. She's like, okay, yeah. She got baptized eventually, but she didn't know that Jesus Christ, she didn't understand that he was one, that he was God Almighty. Eventually she got it. Of the fact is you can know that Jesus Christ is God Almighty in the flesh, but not recognize it for yourself. And that's the holdup sometimes. So this, the, the second thing is, step two is recognition. Again, the way of God. The second principle of the way of God is that God intends you to recognize the fundamental differences between himself as God and creator and you as human. And know that God as God and as Savior, he is able to solve the problems 
inherit in this world. When you recognize who he can do, this is why recognition makes everything possible. God makes you aware of his glory and holiness through the Lord Jesus Christ in contrast with your own condition of sin and condemnation and that he is the solution to your condition. So when you understand that Jesus Christ is the solution, that's what I preached today. The message, the title of my message today was Jesus is the way. And when you understand, let me show you something real quick. I'm, let me mess you all up real quick because I'm at recognition and this works with recognition. Gabrielle, I don't know if you're good enough to do this. Let's see if you can do this. Turn to John chapter 14, verse 4. John chapter 14, verse 4. Let me show you something about recognition. Working along with revelation. This, this is very interesting. Uh, I read this many times, and I don't know why God made me see it clearly today from this perspective. But now that I'm teaching this, it's really, really important that I understand. Uh, John chapter 14. Look at what uh, verse 4 says. And whither I go, ye know. And the way you know, listen to this, Jesus was saying, you really know the way. <laughs> he says, whether I go, he says, you know the way. He says, whether I go, ye know. He says, where I go, you know. And the way you know. Lord, you something else. So go to verse 5. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest. Now Jesus told him, whether I go, you know, and the way you know. So Thomas, God bless him, because you know what he's doing? He's making it clear. He's saying, you saying all that, Jesus, let me put it in our terminology. You saying all that, Jesus, but I don't understand. So he went to make it plain to me, Jesus, what? He said, Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest and how can we know the way? Jesus told him, you know where I'm going and you know the way. And Thomas says, you out of your mind. I don't. You just got to make it clear sometimes. That's what Thomas, Thomas is saying. Yeah, you saying all that, but I don't. So make me understand it. Verse six, Jesus is a good God. Jesus said unto him, I told him today, he is not just the way to heaven. He's not just the way to eternal life, but he's the way of how we do everything. He is the way in how we live our life. He is the way in how, in how we're examples. He is the way in every way. It's not just he is the way to get us someplace. He is the way to everything. Let me just say it this way. He is the destination. I know one day we'll get to heaven, but while we wait to get to heaven, Jesus is our destination. 
So when we recognize who he is, we will understand he is our destination. Oh, man, that's good stuff. In him, we live and move and have our being. He is the destination. And where he go, we go. Because he is the destination. And guess what? He already gave us a taste of that when he gave us the Holy Ghost. So if we will follow the leading of the Holy Ghost, where he goes, we go. Oh, man, y'all don't know how deep this God is that we serve. He is heavy. Recognition. What's the third step in the cycle of spiritual life? Responding. Revelation. Recognition. Responding. So once you get the revelation and you recognize it for yourself, it's incumbent upon you now to respond. And we lose, a lot, we lose out a lot at number three because we won't respond. We get revelation. We have recognition. We're not usually the reason is we don't want to change up on how we, you know, our customs that we like, the way we like to do things. We don't want to change that. So that's usually the way why we don't respond. The third principle of the way, ways of God, is that God intends to lead you into seeking and discovering him and his method for saving you so you can fulfill his will in your life. God leads you into discovering what he requires of you through the guide. His messenger bring you the word of the Lord. So when the folks that was listening to Peter preach, they said, what shall we do? They were responding. God had sent his messenger preacher to Peter to preach to them. And when Peter preached to them, there was revelation. When Peter preached to them, they recognized their sin and recognized that he really is God. So now they're at the, ter- the third step saying, uh-oh. Peter, what should we do now? And that's what I'm saying. We're getting jammed up. When the responding time come, we're not responding. Whatever the reasons are, we're not responding. We still stay stuck on stuck. The fourth thing, the fourth step to the spirit is repentance. The first thing you have to do when you respond is repent. Because when you realize how you have offended God, how God has been good to you, talk about me as well, how we, we, we come to a place where we recognize God has been good to us. God loves us so much. He's been patient with us. And so he died for us. He gave his life that we may be saved. And we're still running around like crazy fools. And when we recognize to say, oh, Lord, Lord, I'm so sorry. Because the bottom line is, why would you ever treat somebody real bad that had done you real good? 
That's what we have with people not living for God. God has treated them very well, showed patience, loved them, provide for them, all of this stuff, and then gave his life, sacrificed his life. And they're still like treating them wrong. We don't even do that in the natural. That's how, that's how terrible that is when we don't live for God. Because we don't even do that. If they did something to save your child from getting hit by a car. a family member here we're talking about you what god has done for you what's your response repentance god provides the gift of repentance that will change our heart the motive that dictate your selfishness to selflessness when you truly repent you stop being selfish and start being selfless. When you truly repent, you stop being selfish and start being selfless. Sin is selfish. So usually when we're sinning, we're being selfish. We're making it about us. And when you come to respond to God, what you are doing is repent. And your repentance is, I've been living my life to please me, Lord. I've been living my life just to profit me, my sins, and asking you to forgive me. For now, I'm going to live my life to please you, Lord. Selfless. You see, you see what I'm saying when I say when you really repent, it means your selfish actions stop. And you begin to do selfless actions according to the word of God. Not selfless by, you know, taking some clothes you don't wear no more to Salvation Army. Not that, not that, not that, not that. You just wanted to get that out of the way. You're just trying to clean up. That wasn't because you wanted to give somebody something. And if you want to give them something, it's because you know what? You had too much of it anyway. The only time you know when you're really doing something. Let me mess with y'all. I said this before. The only time you want to know when you're doing something, go take your very best that you got in the closet and go give it away. Then come talk to me. That's when you know you're really being, you know, you're giving somebody something because you want to give them something, not because you got too much of it. Take your very best. Go give it to them. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Quiet. Five. The fifth cycle. I'm going to finish up the eight. Let me try to get to the eight. The fifth cycle of life, the step, step five, is remission. Remission. That is where when you get baptized, your sins are washed away. You want to go to the fifth cycle in the natural life and see how the fifth cycle of the spiritual life match up real well? The fifth cycle is the birth. Baby coming. Push! Baby coming out. That's the natural. In the spiritual, baptism. <laughs> How did God put all of this together? 
How did God, this is just one thing that we're studying about God. One little, as we said back in the day, one little degadega thing that we're studying. One, that he got all aligned the way he needs to have it aligned. We're not even studying astrology and all that. We just this right here. How does he do all of this? How does he keep up with everything? That's what he did to Job. Did you know that? That's what he started telling Job off. He says, you want to be God? <laughs> you want to make sure everything is taken care of? You go ahead. You think you can do that? When Job started asking and getting crazy, God had to check him real quick. Like, you think you can let everything just function the right way in this world? Well, God is doing that. This is why it's a no-brainer to surrender your life to him because he's letting everything function in this world. Everything is functioning. I'm talking about the sun is just where it needs to be, the moon, the weather, you know, the seasons. All of this stuff is going. And we're talking about just the natural cycle of life and the spiritual cycle of life. Six. Receiving. Receiving. Spiritual. In the spiritual, that's receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. In the natural, baby just got pushed out and no longer is living on the breath of the mother, but breathing its own breath. That's the natural cycle. And God made it align just perfect with the spiritual cycle. When you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the breath of God, the baby's breath, same thing, but one is spiritual and one is natural. What a God we serve. Seventh, the seventh step of the spiritual cycle. Remaining, remaining, remaining is the seventh step to the spiritual cycle of life. You remember what the seventh step in the natural cycle there you go. Proper growth and training. Same kind of thing. One is in the natural and now one is in the spiritual. So remaining is proper growth spiritually. You stay in the house of God. You stay in the position God put you in so you can be taught, so you can be trained, remaining. And in the natural, proper growth and training. Finally, The eighth spiritual cycle of life, reproducing, reproducing. They both are saying the same thing in the natural and the spiritual. One is spiritual and one is natural. In the natural cycle, it says reproduction. What we're saying in the natural is all seven cycles take them all through life. To become an adult. And when they become an adult, mature adult, they are ready now to reproduce and have their own children and have their own family. That's in the natural. So now you know why I beat you in the head all the time about reaching the loss. Because it's a natural, just like it's a natural cycle of life, 
It is a natural cycle spiritually as well. You have to reproduce yourself. Everything reproduced after its kind. So you need to be just miserable. And yes, I'm using that word miserable. If you can't point to someone that through you living for God, you have reproduced. Be miserable about that, especially if in the natural you have reproduced children. Don't get quiet on me. I'm giving you word, just like I told those people today. I'm different from what you have heard around all these years. I said, I am going to give you truth. I'm going to teach it to you the right way. You do whatever you want to do with it, but I'm going to teach it to you the right way. And naturally, if we have reproduced, and it takes both the man and the woman and God to reproduce and have children, man, woman, and God, Children, same thing in the spiritual. You, God, and that sinner. Same thing. So if you haven't done it, you need to go tell God I haven't done it. What's the matter why I'm not doing it? Why is it that I haven't done it? How can I do it? Because it's a natural cycle of your spiritual life. Just like it was a natural cycle of the natural life. Let's stand. Next week, we'll get into spiritual maturity. Now that you have come through the whole cycle of your spiritual life, how do you become mature in God? And I'll teach you next week how we become mature in God now that we understand now, let me say this real quick before we go. I didn't give you this to give you knowledge only. I give you this so you can also examine your spiritual life to say, where am I in this? So if you look at all the steps that I gave you for the spiritual cycle of life, everyone has not completed all eight steps. Ask yourself where you are. Find out where you are and begin to work to the next step by seeking God and doing what the word of God says. You might not be at the place. Let me give you a cop out. You might not be at the place to spiritually reproduce right now. And maybe that's why you're not reproducing. But guess what? At least you know now. God, maybe I'm not mature or maybe I shouldn't use that word maybe I've not grown enough spiritually to reproduce and that's why I haven't done it yet so Lord where am I am I still just growing but I'm not at the place of reproducing because I'm not ready well what must I do to grow and grow more that I can begin to reproduce and for someone like you Joyce you have received the revelation. You're probably, um, you have probably recognized that Jesus Christ is God and that you're a sinner and that you need to give your life to God. And guess what you did? You responded by repenting of your sins and you got 
baptized in Jesus' name. Your sins are washed away. Now, Joyce, the biggest thing you can do is put yourself in a place to receive proper training, proper training and growth, proper training and growth. So you can grow and learn and grow and learn. By the way, I think I try to get um, Heidi to help you out on Tuesday to get that electronic set up for Bible study. If you can, Taylor, because she's wondering, how do you remember my name? Taylor, you got to help out Granny. She, she need to get on on Tuesday. Heidi will send her the link or send you the link for Bible study and help her to make sure she get on so she can hear Bible study because we do it by Zoom on Tuesday. Okay? You, you'll take care of that for me? All right. I know you will. You're hanging out with her. You're making sure she's good. So I know you will. <laughs> so what we're teaching here also is not just for you to know, but it's also so you will examine yourself and your life and say, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? What should I be doing? So it gives you a good idea where you are and what you should be doing. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. We give you truly honor and praise. God, there's something that you're up to, something that you're doing. And we are so grateful and so thankful for what you're doing, for what you're up to, Lord God. We, will you just allow us to understand some of the things that we can do what we're supposed to do. Lord, allow each and every one of us here tonight to understand where we are in the cycle of spiritual life. Lord, if we're in a place where we're supposed to be reproducing, help us, Lord God, to reproduce. If we're in a place, Lord God, where we're just receiving proper growth and training, that, God, we submit to you that you may train us, that you may feed us, that you may equip us. Lord, if we are still not in a place where we have recognized who you are, we have not repented of our sins, Lord God, oh, Lord, I pray that you will help us tonight to, to recognize who you are, Lord God, and to come to a place of responding by repenting, Lord God, and surrendering our life to you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you will do, oh, God, a work in me, in us, individually, collectively, Lord God, that we will truly do what we ought to do in this hour. I know your return is imminent, Lord God, and Lord, we want to do all that you designed us to do. We want to fulfill our purpose. We want to do your will, and we ask tonight, Lord God, that you will help us, Lord Jesus, to walk in our purpose, Lord God, to fulfill our purpose, Almighty God, to give to you, Lord God, ourselves by surrendering and allowing you to do just what you want to do. I pray that every person tonight, under the sound of my voice, will respond to your word by saying, Lord, what will you have me to do. Lord, what do you want me to do? I pray that each and every person will respond in such a way because that's true humility. That's true submission by saying, Lord, what will you have me to do? And I pray in the name of Jesus that somebody will leave here tonight, Lord God, with a different mindset, 
with a different heart. In the name of Jesus, move on our heart, please, will you, Lord? Oh, God, speak to our mind, will you please, Lord, that we will walk out of this place changed, that we will walk out of this place, Lord God, with an intention and carry, follow through with our intention to do what is right and pleasing unto you. Lord, will you strengthen us as a body, as a congregation. Lord, those that are virtual and those that come in person, will you strengthen us, Lord God, as a congregation, that we can be all that you want us to do, be, Lord God. Lord, will you open the door for our building, Lord God? Will you make a way for us, Lord God? We thank you tonight for your word. We thank you for your goodness, your kindness. For every person that came out tonight, will you bless them? Will you keep them? Will you let your face shine upon them and be gracious unto them? Lord, I pray that you will keep us. I pray, oh God, that your blessings will flow freely in our lives, almighty God. For our children and our young people, Lord God, let your will be done in their life, Lord God. Let your hand be upon them. And they will realize that you're calling them, Lord God. That you have a plan for their life just as well. Oh God, we love you. We're, we're so thankful, Lord God, that we can come together. We worship you and adore you, for there is none like you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody say, in Jesus' name, God bless you. God bless you. Have a wonderful night. Thank you for being with us tonight. Amen.